When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey, Tamika. Hey. Hey. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Okay, excellent. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yes, Roger. 10-4. Any echoing or anything like that? No. Okay, perfect. Okay, excellent. All right. Roger. So, how's your week been? Um, like I'm stuck in Groundhog's Day. <laughs> and I'm doing the same thing. Find, I'm trying to find like some type of magical artifact that can get me out of the loop. Well, I'm glad that I was able to help you with that because I gave you a movie to watch. <laughs> that didn't help me. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I thought it did. I thought you said, hey, have you seen 13 Ghosts? No, and that's I said, what you said. You said, hey, Wait, this I is not about it? me, Tamika. This is about you. Oh, no, you said, hey, 13 ghosts, and I was like, what's that about? Okay. And, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, welcome to the show. I, I'm glad that you decided to come on and do this review with me. I know that it probably took a lot for you to actually see this movie. <laughs> yes, it was this or death. So, I chose this. Okay. Well, awesome. anyways, I'm glad that you chose this, <laughs> and hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show for today's podcast. We actually have Tamika with us, and other than my co-host, we actually decided to do a review for the 2001 film, 13 Ghosts, and this movie came out in 2001, and this movie stars Steve Shalhoub, and also, too, he was also on Monk as well. So, you know, I thought this movie was actually a pretty good movie whenever it first came out and everything. I was, <laughs> what? <laughs> Go ahead. But yeah, Tony Shalhoub plays, uh, plays in this movie. And it's about this guy who loses his wife in a fire. And then he's having to rediscover himself and also move his family into a smaller house. And then that's when his uncle, who he hasn't seen since he was a kid ends up giving him a house because his uncle passed away. So, anyways, and the way that he passes away is at the very beginning of the film where you actually have these ghost hunters that are hunting these ghosts. And it opens up to the Juggernaut, which is the name of the ghost. And they're using this big old huge bloodbath of, like, just a tank of blood to actually lure this ghost out of its habitat. And, of course, you also have one of my favorite actors from the movie Scream is in this movie. And it has Matthew Lillard in it. And he's also a big D&D fan as well. And I, I like Matthew Lillard. I thought he did a very good job as playing this, uh, not playing the psychic. I thought that he did a very good job with hmm. that. So <laughs> what do you think of the opening oh, scene? Sorry. Yeah, it felt and like... I, oh, go ahead. Yes, go and ahead. And I want to also know... 
this is your first time seeing this movie, so I want to give you the floor and oh, tell me what gee. you think of this oh, film. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, Matthew um, Lillard character kind of reminded me of a surfer. <laughs> it was like a surfer dude because he was like, hey man, girls here. Oh, whoa. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. And um, so it's like a surfer mixed with Ghostbusters. That's what came to my head immediately. Okay. Surfer and... who chases ghosts. <laughs> but what did you think? Did you like the opening scene sequence? Did you like the uh, tank of blood that they were to lure the uh, ghost out? Did you think that was too corny? What, what was your yeah, initial thoughts when you first guess, saw that? I guess if I saw this back in 2001... Then I would think, you know, it's strange, but it's a pretty good movie. But in this age, it was very corny. And I can do corny movies, but this one was a little bit too much for me. (laughs) (laughs) This is too much. Well, man, excellent. You know, could have got Keanu Reeves in it. Kiki. Whoa. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I thought, I, you know what, I, after watching this scene, I was like, yeah, this is a little dated, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, but, it has interesting plots, like uh, a lot of moving pieces to it. Like, it's an interesting concept of uh, the house, and the house is like a, a glass Rubik's Cube to me. You know, like that's what it seemed of, like to me, though, too. Yeah. It seemed like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, it it. it, it has elements of Saw, too, now that I'm thinking about it, which I like Saw. I know that that's kind of like a cheesy franchise. But it worked for what it was. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. You know, it's like if you step back um, a little bit too far, then the door can close on you and you can be cut in half. You know, you step to the left, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought that was pretty interesting. And the whole Black Zodiac concept with the ghost, uh, I actually had to look that up because that was, that was a little too deep for me. <laughs> I needed some more help on it. So I went to ScreenRant.com and I read up on the, the Black Zodiac concept with, of this this guy, the Cyrus, you know, the, the financier right. of the ghost just trapping all these 12 ghosts in his house and trying to create some was he trying to create or recreate a black zodiac? Basically it was, on that part? They didn't really elaborate on that. It was just a gateway to hell basically oh, okay. on what he go. was doing. It's a fancy way of saying gateway to hell. Right. Black Zodiac. <laughs> but yeah, he was just trying to make a mechanism to where he can actually open up the gates of hell for some reason. They, ne- they never went into that far of a detail as to why. Yeah. Which I wish they would have because it actually would have amplified the movie up a little bit. And also, too, you know, when you see this family first pull up to this house, because don't forget, the lawyer comes into the house in the apartment with Tony Shalhoub and tells him that he inherited this house and everything. 
his uncle Cyrus and his his uncle Cyrus is rich and he gave him a house. And of course he's also on video as well, talking about the will, talking about everything Cyrus is. His kids are like, Wow, we have a rich uncle? He goes, Well, he squandered the family name. Well, what happened to him? He squandered the family name. <laughs> That's all they told me. <laughs> right. And uh also like the little boy though. The little boy is kind of funny though with his little boom uh recording thing about Very how he likes disturbing yeah. little child. <laughs> He's like, what is it? Was he trying to be some type of reporter or something? He kept talking about like, oh, decapitation. People, yeah, got their heads cut off. One person committed suicide. I'm like, you're five. I don't. <laughs> shouldn't you be talking about like, I don't know, Teletubbies? Something. Yeah, Joe. You're just talking about decapitation and suicide. And then, of course, you also have. There's only one black character in this whole entire thing. It's yeah, a nanny. Who I was confused about that. I thought she was a stepmom until in the middle of the movie they said she was a nanny. I was like, oh, the nanny. Okay. Because the way they introduced her, she's like in a nightgown with hair rollers. I'm like, is this the girlfriend? Because clearly this isn't the mom because the children are white. <laughs> right and not only that but we also saw at the beginning which I like the beginning credits because of the fact that you know we actually have a little bit of a bit of a background what happened to the uh, the wife of Tony Shalhoub's mm, yeah because she winds up getting burnt, burnt inside the house and then of course like I said they have to move into a smaller apartment and they can barely afford anything because of his credit and everything and good old Uncle Cyrus just comes over there and with his well not with his lawyer but his lawyer comes over and tells him that he inherited a new house mm. and then that's when they pull it's, you know what it doesn't even take that long for them to actually he doesn't like question anything really he goes okay we inherited a house let's look at it yeah so, it's like this film kind of like okay let's, let's go let's go let's go let's hurry up boom that's where the budget is it's on the right. effects <laughs> It's like the story just kind of rolls a little bit too quickly. I can see that. I can definitely see how it might be a little choppy in places. Yeah. As it's well. Like, what rich uncle? What house? Okay. <laughs> because he house. wasn't even in a house at I the got very bad beginning. Credit. You do. <laughs> it's okay. You don't got. You don't got to worry about it. your uncle took care of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, no problem. What are all these but, strange writings on this wall in this house? Why is this house we're gonna get to that. glass? We're going to get okay. to that in a minute. Sorry. Sorry. But Sorry. then you see the surfer dude slash psychic. Yeah, Dennis. Yeah, we see Dennis over there mm-hmm. uh, talking about the uh, disguising himself as the power guy. Yeah, and nobody and, questioned him much. No, they didn't even ask him about um, identification or anything like that. He goes, yeah, the, everybody for 112 homes right now without power and everything. And I have to make sure that everybody's house is going to be powered on. All of a sudden, Tony Shalhoub goes on ahead and he went, he winds up uh, inserting the key into the house. And that's when, of course... The key gets sucked in. At first, you think that he actually broke the key. Yeah, off into the door. Dad, you broke it. <laughs> okay. 
Right. And then, of course, the mechanism actually happens and the lights turn on. And I'm like, okay, we're not supposed to have power here, but you're here. Yeah. And, and I thought, like, oh, okay, power. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, wait, you're supposed... Uh, uh, and then he still comes into the house even though the power is on. Yeah. The the key was very strange anyway. Because it right. looked like something out of Zelda. And I'm like, <laughs> I've never seen a key like that before. Uh, what is going on? You know. But, you know, we didn't have time to question. The budget is on the house. And what goes on in the house. Right. We don't question anything or anything don't like that. We suspend it, disbelief. John. John, you're thinking too much. <laughs> you got to focus on the house now. Just like the writer and the director, okay. we focus on the house. Okay. Let's talk about this house. <laughs> because everybody is Google Gaga over this house. Tony Shalhoub's yeah. crazy about this house. I'm like, I don't understand how you can be excited about this house. It's a glass house. There's no curtains. There's not even any walls. Even Dennis says, you guys couldn't afford no walls? Yeah, and then he makes but, that joke like, don't throw stones. I'm like, oh. Right. <laughs> Dad joke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it's like the same. Don't, th- uh, don't throw stones in a glass house. And, yeah. But another thing, though, too, because even the nanny actually has a dad joke in there, too. I don't know if you caught it or not. Uh, What was her dad joke? I'll tell you in a minute. Okay, I can't wait. (laughs) Okay, okay. so... Well, well, can we actually call it a mom joke instead, since she's a woman? So we can actually... Since she's also a nanny. True. So it's... Okay, it's a dad joke. Which I found out, like, when they got to the house, that she was a nanny. I was like, oh, I thought that was a girlfriend. (laughs) Right, you would actually think that they would actually broke that part down when you see her with the rollers in her hair or something yeah, to that and effect. And then she was fighting with the girl, and then she called the girl a bitch. I was like, oh my god, that mom issues, <laughs> right? Um, but you know, I guess if you lived in a small apartment as long as they have, anything will look better than what they have. And how can you afford a nanny you got bad credit? Well, maybe it's one of those little help centers where they actually find you a nanny for the budget that you actually have to work with. Okay. I don't know. I, think, I'm I don't sorry, know how I'm it thinking works. too much. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Focus on the house. Got it. Wish the nanny is um, actually a rapper named Rod Digger. And she was in Buster Ryan's group, Flip Mode Squad. Okay. I didn't know that. But, anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I just thought that was actually kind of weird where all of a sudden she's announced as the nanny. So now we got that, her introduced, actually fully introduced into the movie now. And I, of course, she says, I don't do windows. <laughs> oh, the stereotypes of it all. Right? I don't do no windows. <laughs> But then the lawyer's like, come with me so we can go over this paperwork and stuff like that. Meanwhile, you have Dennis asking the lawyer, because I'm wondering, too, at that point, if Dennis and the lawyer were actually working together at that point. But they weren't because the lawyer's in it for himself, especially whenever you actually see what happens whenever 
uh, there's a, ca- a load of cash that's down in the basement area. Yeah. Oh, he did not have a good ending. <laughs> but we're going to get to that in one minute, though. But then Dennis asked him where the where everything is at and everything. And, of course, you know, he has those special glasses to where you can actually see the ghost down in the basement and things like that. And he tells him the directions to the basement while he goes over there and sees, sees Tony's character, which, you know, I thought that was actually a pretty good thing. You know, I, I believe that he was actually a lawyer at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I thought he did a really good job of presenting himself as a lawyer. He was a lawyer, right? No, he is a lawyer, but I'm just saying yeah. the actor actually did a good job of playing oh, the, the fact actor. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I thought that was really good. And then, like I said, uh, Arthur is actually Tony Shalhoub's character's name. Is Arthur. And so, anyways. He goes in there, and that's when he mentions the fact that, you know, I don't know if we can... Look, I didn't want to say this in front of my family, but we can't <laughs> afford the taxes on this We thing. broke. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, don't worry about that at all, because your your uncle was a pro at um, financing, so you don't even have to worry about taxes anymore. Yeah, and he's like, oh, okay. He's like, okay. Not like, what type of pearl? What kind of business? Right. What, what did he do? No. Nothing. Yes. Okay. Right. It's like he didn't even question it. It's not like, okay, well, your uncle was into embezzlement or anything like that. You know, it wasn't like, yeah. okay, was my uncle in, was my uncle into embezzlement? Was what was he, what kind of finances was he actually into? So way I could say yay or nay about this house. Yeah. I mean, the only thing he questioned was, um, oh, what's, you know, the artifact. And he was like, was my uncle a hunter? But the lawyer was being cheeky, and he was like, in a way. Right, because he knew about his paranormal investigations yeah. and history. As we find out, because there's even a briefcase filled with money down in the basement after he gets done talking to Arthur. And that's also what trips the whole entire mechanism. Hmm in the first place was because of the lawyer. And let's just talk about this. As he's going down in the basement and everything, he's flipping off the ghosts. He's pissing these ghosts off, including the girl with uh, that's naked. She was naked? Yeah, there was... You didn't notice? No, I thought she had, like, you know, like some shredded, like, dress or something. You're talking no, that's, about the, the woman that had... Like, the Angry the, Princess. Yeah, she she's the one that like, her face like it was cut. Yeah, that was her. Yeah, she didn't yeah. seem naked to me, but I she, maybe I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, because remember he says nice tits. Oh, well, I I probably saw the uh, made for TV version. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. He he looks at her and looks down at her and goes, "Nice tits." Yeah, he's a douche. Yeah. So, anyways, he trips the mechanism and everything, and then that's whenever the girl gets the angry princess gets out of her cage, well, out of the glass door, and he starts backing up, and then all of a sudden, he gets split in half. <laughs> and what do you think of how they actually did the ghost? Split in half. Oh, huh? Well, <laughs> no, not that. 
<laughs> what did you think of the ghosts and the movements that they did with the jump, uh, the, with the jump edits? Um, so the makeup wasn't the greatest. No, it's practical it was, effects. Yes, it was like a like your local horror house um, that you go to, and you have people put makeup on trying to scare you. That's I actually how I the, felt. Yeah, I know some of the critics were saying there wasn't enough jump scares, but <clears throat> I'm like, I don't. I, it wasn't scary. It was just this is all the money we have. Basically, to make these people look this way, so but but they were convincing, so you know. I thought I the makeup know. was actually pretty decent for then, you know, especially with the practical yeah, effects. For the money that they had, it was decent, <laughs> and the the actors who portrayed the ghosts were very convincing. Um, I agree with the, you. Um, the guy in the the metal box. On his yeah, head. the jackal. His name. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was Which is actually one of my favorite ones. The terrifying. jackal and the dragonaut are my two favorite ones. Yes. Which I. So, my thing is they they touched a little bit on the background of these ghosts, um, their stories or how they died, but they didn't really get in depth to it. No. It they just, just gave you a. Yeah, right. I guess it was like too much to do like twelve ghosts. And give them all. It was kind of like naming them all, like a variety show, like the Jackal. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty much how it felt like introducing well, the Jackal. Oh my god! But you know what though? I love how Matthew Lillard's character Dennis describes him as like the Manson character, like a Charles Manson character. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, and then he was um, Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> daughter, uh, what was her name? What was Let's the daughter's see. name? Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. Kathy was yeah, her name. Yeah, that's when he was starting to figure out that there were. Go- Actually, I have to go back. So the scene that kind of creeped me out, not in a scary way, but just this is kind of disturbing, and the effects are pretty good. Was that Kathy was in the bathroom, right? Mm. And then she was like, oh, this bathroom is perfect. It's so clean. Splash water on my face. Splash, splash, splash. Jumping on the bed. Oh, Jump. it's beautiful. Oh, my God. You know, all that stuff. And then there, there's the glasses, right, where you can see the ghosts. And they were laying down on the, the sink. And the camera pans in through the glasses where you can see the naked princess. Which the the TV version she had some clothes on. <laughs> yeah, mine was. Naked. And then she was like, you know, in the mirror. <laughs> Kathy was in the mirror fixing her hair, and the ghost was trying to fix her hair, you know. And then Kathy was like, "Oh, the bathtub. Ooh, water's in it already. Don't question it. Just be like, oh, somebody drew a bath for me. Great." Then she's splashing water on her face. To the ghost perspective is blood coming out of the bathtub and she's splashing blood on her face and the whole bathroom is covered with blood but she can't see it because she didn't put the glasses on all right. she sees is like this clean bathroom so now, I thought that was an interesting mm. perspective like you see the ghost perspective like what in the hell is she doing 
flashing. Yeah, the look that face. she gave her. <laughs> right, the look that she gives oh, her. Disgusting. <laughs> How dare you interrupt my bath time? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? I probably would give the same look. You know, you're in the bathtub, and then somebody comes in. They're like putting their hands in your bath water, splashing water on their face, and you're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> but also, too, there's artifacts in this house. There's uh, katana, Japanese mm-hmm. all, artifacts all over the place that I really loved. That aspect. But they didn't get into it though. No. I guess it's because he's rich, and rich people collect weird stuff. Right. That's what I was okay. assuming too. Okay. You know, with that. Because I'm like, okay, he's just a collector of ancient artifacts. And he and I guess his obsession went from artifacts to collecting ghosts. Oh, I guess that could That's what I was assuming. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's just me assuming. Just a okay. little speculation piece. Sense. I wish you would have wrote this film. <laughs> you know. Tied in. But did you... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you like the jump edits though? The way it was actually jumpy and choppy with the ghost? Did that work for you? Um, some were kind of cheap, you know, like the cheap horror haunted house jumps. Mm-hmm. Right. It's what... like bleh and you got right. like, I remember... strobe lights and you're like, oh no. Oh. Okay. You know, and some with a jackal, that that one was very scary to me. I have to agree. The jackal scene was actually the best scene out of the whole entire thing. And I don't know if you saw the remake of The House on Haunted Hill back in 1999. No, I didn't. They actually used that, those same type of scares, the same type of uh, edits, the jump edits, mm-hmm. for the ghost for The House on Haunted Hill. Oh. Back in 99. So... And it's also, I think the director or maybe the producer is the same person that worked on House on a Haunted Hill, if I'm correct. Hmm, that makes sense. So it has a little bit of House on a Haunted Hill uh, kind of feel to it on that. And I remember watching that for the first time. And it kind of took me back a little bit because I'm like, I really didn't want to see that in this particular movie at that time. Oh, but then I'm like, it first came out. Well, I had the DVD. I had the oh, DVD when okay. it first came out. So I didn't know what to expect from the film. And I didn't see a trailer to it. I just went on ahead, got it because it was a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So my first initial thoughts was, okay, this is going to be a haunted house kind of thing. I'm sold. I'm going to buy it. And then I had no clue. It was like a glass house. I didn't know anything about the 1960 version of this film at all. I didn't even know it was a remake until recently. Mm-hmm. But... You know, and even the House on Haunted Hill is also a remake of a Vincent Price movie. Yes. So, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, <laughs> but, if we can find a Vincent Price movie to review, that would be awesome. I'm going to have to dig deep into that because yeah, I would like really to actually re- review it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, with this whole entire thing, as well, whenever the doors open up and they release the, all the ghosts. And I thought the weakest one for me was the hammer. The weakest What's ghost that? for me, or the kid. Oh, I thought... Is that the guy with all the nails in his face? Yeah, the hammer. That's oh, the one that okay. actually kills Dennis. Because oh. remember, Dennis sacrifices himself for Tony Shalhoub and everything. Of course, the mirrors are also in Latin, so and it's also to keep the spirits away. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of Supernatural. Like the it did TV have a Supernatural kind of with look. all the writings right. on the yeah wall. Now, did that actually work for you though, with the Latin writing and stuff like that, or did I that take you out a little bit? What it was, it looked like some type of cursive. Like I wish they would have made it a little more Latin, like a little bit more <laughs> mysterious, because it just looked like a essay paper. That a thousand <laughs> kids wrote, and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> what is this?" <laughs> and I didn't know it was Latin until they like, "Oh, it's Latin." I was like, "Oh, it is." Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, we're just gonna go with that. Oh, okay. We're just gonna go I for the ride." Know. I didn't know. I, I needed the characters to tell me <laughs> what was going on because <laughs> it, it felt like I was talking to them, like, "What's that writing?" And then they just randomly said, "Oh, this is in Latin." I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." Right. Moving on. My okay, question is, uh, okay. <laughs> Another thing, though, too, is when Dennis goes back up the stairs to confront Arthur, he tells him, "Look, you need to get your family out of here." Mm-hmm. And everything. I used to hunt ghosts with your with um with your uncle. And at that point, the un- the lawyer is actually still alive, of course. But you know, I feel like. You know, with that scene, it was actually really good because Tony's uh, Tony Shalhoub's character Arthur is not even believing in him. He's laughing at him. He goes, "Don't laugh at me. I'm being serious." Yeah, yeah. And then he has the seizures because he can. Well, right, right. Well, what was he like? He wasn't like so, a he was a uh, he was a psychic. He okay. was seeing um, different glimpses of his future, not only his future but also. Arthur's past and everything. Remember whenever Arthur well, touches him? He and Arthur detect the ghosts too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which we saw. Did they show all of what happened in the beginning? In the fire? Cause, or maybe I missed no. that part. Because the only thing that I saw was through Dennis' vision. Right. They didn't go into the whole entire detail that she died in the hospital or anything like that, because we do see that she was on a IV as a ghost. So that tells me that she died in the hospital. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I said, everything was thrown into the look of the ghost and the effect. Not I agree with you on that. <laughs> right. And like I told people before, if you spend your budget just on the effects and not on the plot, chances is your movie is not going to be good because it's relying just on the effects itself and not on the plot, which is everybody what everybody's going for. I'm looking at you, Jupiter Ascending, but yeah, I'm, yeah, Jupiter I mean, Ascending spent. Right. Oh my god, I heard about that movie. Go ahead. <laughs> but Jupiter Ascending spent more money on special effects rather than. Uh, spending it on plot. Mm. So that's why that movie didn't do as well. Yeah. Uh, unless you hope that your movie can be like a cult like status. But, I mean, can you really make money off of your movie being a cult favorite? It, well, with it being a cult classic, no. Yeah. Because it's a cult classic for a reason. Because it didn't make that much money. Uh-huh. The whole reason why it's a cult classic to begin with is because it gained popularity after so many years and everything of people loving it. So therefore, it becomes a cult classic because everybody winds up falling in love with a certain film after a certain period of time. 
and because it didn't make that much. Mm-hmm. But, so, you know, I mean, this movie, <laughs> I, this movie was okay for back in 2001. As a matter of fact, I still enjoy watching this film. If I just want to throw something on that's scary and stuff like that, just, uh, just to say that I watched something for Halloween, this is actually a pretty good movie. <laughs> I would say that this movie would be great if you were having like a a bad Halloween movie night with a couple friends and you guys play like the worst movies ever. I would say bring this movie and see if you win the contest. Which you this movie only cost (laughs) (laughs) this movie only cost forty two million to make and made sixty eight point five million. So it didn't really do much if yeah. you actually think about it. Oh, but yeah, um, what did you think of the woman that comes into the house later on? Yeah, I was like Tony Shalhoub's character. How you get in here? She's like, oh, you know, the door's open. Anyway, listen, I have to hunt these ghosts. I'm like, wait a minute, we want to know how you got in this house. <laughs> but she also lost. tells him. <laughs> but she also tells him this too. That, oh, you cannot go back there or anything like that. The opening is now closed. Oh, okay. So it's like, okay, where was the opening to begin with? You look like you weren't even in the house to begin with when we saw that little scene where she got, like, the flares. Yeah, she rescued Kathy from Jackal, which was right. a pretty good scene uh, when Tony Shalhoub, <laughs> we called him Tony Shalhoub, when he put on the glasses to see a ghost dragging his daughter uh, down a hallway and then up the and cutting wall. her clothes up, yeah, and then ripping her clothes off, which is something every father wants to see. Essentially, <laughs> <laughs> harass your daughter. But another thing, to, though, too, the nanny with the a father joke was this what happened to the lawyers? Did he split? Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> And then, of course, she sees the money that's la- the body that's there, though, too, of the lawyer, and there's money there as well. Yeah. And she just walks past him and everything and stuff like that, like it's nothing. What do you think <laughs> about his um, death scene? The I thought his death scene was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was good. Because he was getting freaked out by the angry princess and was backing himself up. And then, as he was backing himself up, that's when the door slides closed and that's whenever he gets split in half and I thought that was good that was like an oh shit moment for him because of the fact that he was not even expecting it if you look at the expression on his face yeah yeah it actually looks like the director was like go back go back why am I going (laughs) back oh (laughs) but yeah that effect was pretty interesting you seeing the anatomy in half. Right. <laughs> disgusting, but pretty cool. <laughs> right. It was pretty cool at the same time. <laughs> but then, of course, you know, you also have the kid that's miss- missing. You have the two kids that are missing now. And, of course, that woman that just shows up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then Uncle Cyrus shows up. Yeah. Who we thought. Who faked his own death. Yeah. Mm, bastard. <laughs> Yeah, and that's when so, Maggie was like, oh, ghost, ghost, get him, get him. And then 
what whatever her name is, Colina. That's right. when she like smacks the nanny across the head with the tablet book. With the book, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, the, but yeah, she ends up slapping her upside the head with the book. She gets knocked out. Cyrus comes in because I did all this for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was underwhelmed by the reveal of her like being a double agent, I call it. <laughs> Where it's revealed, oh, I'm really a villain. I was underwhelmed. Right, because we've seen that play out before, you know? It's like a paint by the numbers kind of thing. Yeah. And it's also forced. Yeah, it's like, get them. Don't worry, my friend will come. Hey, get him. What are you doing? Oh, no. I'm really <laughs> with him. Ha, ha, ha. You know. <laughs> and then. <laughs> That's how it was. <laughs> right. We're lovers. And then Mm-mm-mm. another thing that doesn't make sense is the connection between her and Cyrus. She's in love with him. He's clearly not. Mm-mm. And, you know, it just that felt forced. There was no connection there to actually show the connection between them two or anything like that. Because in a plot reveal with a plot twist, you would actually have those scenes where it played out where you're gonna go on ahead, you're gonna try and help Arthur through this whole entire situation, and then you're gonna tell him, Look, you are the thirteenth ghost, you're gonna have to jump over this mechanism to be the thirteenth ghost and everything to fulfill the prophecy of the eye. Yeah, which and briefly described everything about the eye and the black zodiac. That's when it sounded like a variety show with the monsters. You got the jackal, <laughs> then you got the juggernaut, then you got this, and then you got that. The hammer. The hammer. And that, like I said, then of course, you know, I know that I already said that Dennis dies, but. You know, Dennis is also trying to figure out another... Now, Dennis is actually trying to help Arthur try and find another solution than going through that mechanism, which I actually appreciate Dennis at this point because he's no longer the douchebag asshole person that's actually, you know, in it for himself now. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did we talk about the fourth go? Because that was kind of fucked up. Okay, yeah. Go on ahead. Talk about that. Oh, well, well, now it makes me think that Cyrus, the uncle, actually planned a fire. But the fourth ghost was Tony Shalhoub's wife. And she was part of the Black Zodiac prophecy. And she was collected to Cyrus' basement of horror. Did you like that? Did you like the um, that scene? Did you feel like that was forced? Or did you feel like it just this guy's all ri- felt like I keep talking about it. It all felt like a haunted house at Universal Studio. <laughs> you felt like you walked <laughs> through a fright night, pretty much. Yeah, the which Hollywood I've been Hard. to fright night, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but so this movie is definitely not something that you would actually go back and revisit again. Then no, like I said, it is a good movie if anyone wants to plan like bad horror movie night then bring this movie for laugh I agree yeah. but I did like it I mean I did like the concept of well, it well you have to like, like it that. you bought it 
<laughs> right. I did like it. I mean, the 2001 me would say, you need to go out and see this now. Yeah. And everything. But the 2020 me, which is the older me, not okay. the 18-year-old More me. Age. Okay. Right. Not the 16, 17-year-old me. Okay. That didn't know any better at the time would actually say, go out and check this movie out now. I guarantee you, you're going to shake your pants. Me, I'm going to be like, eh, it was good. It was good for a watch. It was good for a little scare here and there. The jackal stood out and go home and watch something else. But how how does this make you feel? To be honest with you, after (laughs) watching it. walking into my trap. <laughs> well, you ask the question, so my automatic response is to answer that question. I'm sorry, I have an evil laugh. It just it's time okay. for Halloween. <laughs> but, okay, so this is what I want to say, though, about this film. I wish that they would have actually gave the ghost more to do. I wish there was more ways to actually try and fight these ghosts. Maybe with some uh, magic uh, things off on the wall that they could actually do. Yeah. Besides hide behind the glass to protect them. Yeah. Because so, it so is Latin. So. What, something. <laughs> right. So my thing is this. You have Latin writing, which is as soon as I would actually heard that it was Latin, I'd be like, I'm out. But, <laughs> you know, I would actually went on ahead and try to do some research about how to maybe take these ghosts down or try and put them back into their holes or something or to that effect, you know, something to actually try and fight these ghosts. Yeah. Cause the, you know, once he jumped over and sacrificed himself for the kids, uh, the that house was, it. was destroyed. And then the ghosts were like, we're free. And then they went into the woods and lived happily ever after. <laughs> right. And there's no, another thing though, too, is there's no story arc with any of these characters. We went from... These char- these characters are very one-layered, if you actually think about it. Because Tony Shalhoub's character, Arthur, is still scared. The kids are still scared. You don't go... They didn't go from being scared to saying, okay, I'm going to fight these monsters off now. Or anything. Or try to find a way to actually fight these monsters off. So there's no story arc. If you're looking for a story arc, if you're looking for layers to the, these characters, it's going to be very one-layered, paint-by-the-numbers kind of a- characters. So with the DVD, because I, I read this online, um, did you look at the special features? Did it come with special features? It came with special features, but it's been a while since I actually viewed the special features. Okay, because so... they said the special features kind of... Just go more in depth into the ghost backstory. Okay, now that you, I'm just going to be the, say this. Okay, I remember the 2001 me. Oh, I okay. did wind up going through the special features. <laughs> the okay. 2020 me uh-huh. didn't go through any features at all. So if so, the 2001 you were in a room with you right now, what would you say to? Him? I'm like you're a fucking liar. That this is oh, movie. So you're angry at yourself. Right, because here's the thing, I actually had this on my (laughs) I'm not falling for it, Tamika (laughs) I'm not gonna do it I pretend to be John's therapist That's why I keep saying, how does this make you feel? Then he just goes, well, I felt like this move, I'm like, "Mm." then I take notes 
<laughs> Psychopath. Psychopath. <laughs> Pull out a pin. It is very interesting though right. how you how you would confront your the two thousand one you. I wonder but, if like it, you would tell the two thousand one you you need to sit down and watch this movie again and you both go through it scene by scene. And analyze it. Like Yeah. Back in 2001, I didn't really do a lot of analyzing when it come down to certain films mm-hmm. until like later on. Oh, so, what what caused that? Tamika. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna do it. <laughs> I almost did. You like? Oh, mm-mm, mm-mm. nope. Don't do it. I'm catching on. Don't do it. Nope. I'm not gonna do it. It's yeah. a trap, John. It's a trap. I'm Batman. My parents died. You know, stuff like that. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, okay, I mean, yeah, I would... But there's the, a coop. But... <laughs> there's a coop. That's how that one makes me calm down. And it's a coop. But, okay, what would you tell the 2001 Tamika if you, if you travel remember. back in time? I erase all those memories. Okay, so probably, never mind that. I think she was more. She probably would have went past this movie because she was more into the vampire movie. I can see that. So she would be like, "Is it vampires in here? Then I don't want it." Okay. Yeah. But so you um, can read into that. That's a lot of layers to that. <laughs> okay. I'm just like. <laughs> Taking notes. Okay, so is there anything else that you want to go over within this film that stood out for you? Um. Well, before the show, we I was trying to get deep, you know, into what is the phenomenon with this movie and the movies of 2001 or the early 2000s, and you were telling me that a lot of... Um, was it mostly like paranormal activity movies were out then? Well, or was it like, when did Ghost Hunters come out? Did that come out in a, around this time? Around the early 2000s, I wouldn't say Ghost Hunters came out. But then, you know, in 07, you had your paranormal activity movie. Your very okay. first one. Oh, which, where, which one was that? Part one. <laughs> the very first one. Excellent. <laughs> so Paranormal <laughs> 1 came out That's which is a movie I that I fell asleep see. which what? is a movie I fell asleep in theaters oh no that couldn't be yeah me. I was telling Rossi this on the top 10 horror movie list um that I actually fell asleep watching Paranormal Activity the very first one because I felt like I was doing surveillance for the people at their house and just watching them and I fell asleep and Next thing I know, the usher comes in, and he wakes me. He goes, sir, sir. I'm like, yes. Um, you need to go home now. I said, no, I don't. I said, I said I'm watching a movie. He goes, no, sir, the movie's over. I'm like, oh. I said, well, I guess it sucked. <laughs> I, got I thought he woke you up because you were snoring. No, I woke up. The, the lights were on. The lights were the lights came on and everything. They were cleaning up the popcorn and stuff like that that everybody had left. 
I would have just left you in there. <laughs> just clean over you. <laughs> the and out. then and then once <laughs> I can see myself waking up to that same scene <laughs> that I fell asleep on. <laughs> no, this movie's still on. It's the longest movie ever. <laughs> it is. You want to see that going, movie ten out. times? <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't even go back to even watch Paranormal Activity, even the DVD of Paranormal Activity. Oh, so you 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 wouldn't go back and look at nope. like two, three, four. Uh, no. Maybe it's for those people that like to watch other people. Well, here's like, the thing. I'm not into found footage films. Oh, so not um what's that? Blair Witch. No. No. I saw the now get this. I did see the 2015 Blair Witch Project in theaters. Now, oh. in my review on YouTube, I did say this. I enjoyed the sound mixing and everything that they did for the Blair Witch Project in theaters. Because mm-hmm. it did actually feel like I was in the woods. I did feel that. And the characters are one layered, but what kept me going was the mixing of the the effects and stuff like that. But other than that, though, I'm not into found footage films. And I didn't really care for the 2015 or 16 film of The Blair Witch, which, get this, you want to know how they actually marketed this at Comic-Con? No. The 2000- okay. They were calling this film The Woods. And... That's what they were calling the sequel to the Blair Witch Project. The Woods. So once everybody got in there, even the ushers and stuff like that, the people, the security people that was in charge of it or the people who was putting it on had the Woods t-shirts on. All of a sudden, the banners changed from the Woods to the Blair Witch. Oh, nice. So I give them credit for PR. I give them credit for a great PR, great promotion for that. I give them strong credit for that. But film footage movies don't really appeal to me. I did, now, I did enjoy one film footage film, but it's not horror related, which was a comedy, which is about this kid who was throwing this big, huge party. I think it was called Project X or something. Oh. I forgot. <laughs> that movie. Okay. Yeah, that was the one movie that I can say I enjoyed, but... It wasn't horror-related or anything like that. The one found footage movie that I liked. But I'm not a found footage guy. And if you guys like found footage films and everything, you know what? I I actually say go for it. I'm glad that you guys do. It's not my cup of tea. I tried over a million times with different films that were, in fact, found footage films. And I didn't. it's just not for me. It's not my style. There was a point where it was like a, a slew of movies. There were final footage, right? Was that like right? A, REC, yeah. REC was one. Mm-hmm. Then you also had, of course, your paranormal movies. There was also the de- uh, there was also this one about this woman who was going to be carrying a devil inside of her. Oh. I forgot the name of it or uh, name of that film, but it was a found footage horror film yeah, it was that came out. Right, Cl- Cl- Cloverfield came out in '08. Okay. And everything, which is not even demon related or anything like that on that level. Uh, it's just aliens. Yeah, but I remember seeing Cloverfield. Aliens, but I remember <laughs> seeing Cloverfield. I did not like Cloverfield. Yeah. Because it's found footage. 
Uh, I went to the theaters to see that film. Uh, yeah. No, you didn't fall asleep. Right? I didn't fall asleep in that one. <laughs> Very good. Because I, uh, to be honest with you, I was dating someone at that time and everything, and yeah. And I was wide awake watching this film, but I just didn't really care for it. And neither oh. the that was like a horrible date. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, have I ever fell asleep in a movie? I guess that's another topic. <laughs> right. Movies that make you fall asleep. <laughs> fall asleep. <laughs> But yeah, this movie is okay. This 13 Ghost movie was okay for a a watch. You know, I enjoyed actually revisiting this. That's why I had it on the list as like a little revisit just to see how it stands out on its own. This is not me. Here's the thing, guys. If you guys want to check this out on your own, go ahead and do so. Because there is some good stuff in it. But other than that, another thing is some cheesiness. There is some dad jokes in this movie. There is some practical effects that just doesn't work at all now because of the face of time, but I do have to give credit where credit is due. It was good for a 2001 watch, and it's good for a revisit. Uh, then, of course, you also, too, the nanny also said something that was very comical towards the end of it. What she can say besides she doesn't do any windows. Remember oh, she wait, said... her that okay, so there's a scene where I forgot about her. Like, once she got knocked out by that book, I was like, well, she's dead. You know. <laughs> and then um, the, all the ghosts were around in the circle, all 12, and the kids were tied up. And it, was, it was just craziness, right? Then all of a sudden, you see the uncle and Tony Shalhoub's like, you bastard. And then they're punching each other, stuff, stuff. And then she, I thought she was doing some type of DJ thing. It, right. It because was like she, I can't really explain it. It was like, it was like, tape or, what was well, it's one of those ta- tapes that actually is like a seance kind of thing. And I thought that would actually make the ghost actually turn on everyone. And as a matter of fact, it did. It turned on the uh, uncle and threw him into the machine and split him up into pieces. Yeah. And we saw CGI body parts fly all over the but place. But the way she did it, I thought she was going to be like, hey, DJ Maggie on the ones and twos. Chicka, chicka, what? You know, because <laughs> that's the way she was standing. <laughs> <laughs> but what was the joke? That, what was the one of the scenes, oh, the very ending scene with the credits that she ends up saying? Because I'm getting out of this damn house or something like that. Uh... It was something like that, and I'm I'm not gonna be a nanny anymore. And or some, something. I quit. <laughs> something yeah, to that I know effect. she said she quit, and something about white people. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what though? No black people died in this film. Oh no! I'm so happy. She made Me too. It. I was like, yes, and she did she it. She saved the day, in a way. <laughs> Yeah, she did. Yeah. But yeah. She freed the ghost. So if you were going to get this uh, out of five, what would you give it? Uh, Two. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, three. Okay, very good. All right. So is there anything else that you wanted to catch up, catch on or anything like that? Uh, there is some comic book news that I wanted to actually drop for okay, a minute. Okay, go ahead. 
well, Doctor Strange is actually going to be the mentor for uh, Spider-Man and the next Spider-Man film. What? How do you feel about that? Oh, yeah. my God. Huh. That, mm, I, I have no words. <laughs> okay. Doesn't he deal with like, like magic, me- metaphysical realm and magic and Spider Man? Right. More like I'm from the I'm from New York. A swing on light well, poles, you know. Well, here's the thing, though, and this is just my brain, my brain going a mile a minute. Just like Doctor Strange, but go ahead. Right, because this is what I'm thinking. Everybody knows who Peter that Peter Parker is now Spider Man. Yeah. So I'm thinking he makes a deal with uh, Doctor Strange. Go. Right. (laughs) And then he winds up putting him in other dimensions, other worlds. So we're gonna probably see the Andrew Garfield Spider Man. We're gonna see the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. We're going to go through all this time, all this stuff. Oh, so kind of like, um, what's that? Was it called Spider-Verse? Yep. I'm thinking that we're going to get a Spider-Verse in this. Oh, and it gets better. I think also, too, the reason why they're bringing back Jamie Foxx's Electro in this, not only to redeem himself, but also, too, to also have someone that they can actually, uh, where Andrew Garfield and maybe Tom Holland can fight up against... Electro and Scorpion in this film. So you have two Spider-Mans fighting side by side, which I'm actually geeked out over. Um, So So are they just going to bring any more um, multi-dimensional Spider-Man? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking they're going to bring the Tobey Maguire, the Andrew Garfield, and I'm hoping that they try and bring in a live-action Milo Morales in there somewhere. Hmm. Well, you might as well bring in the pig and and Gwen. Mm. Oh, okay. but I don't know how far they can actually push that. That's the thing. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm okay with Gwen, but not the pig. No, next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with Gwen, but I'm not uh-huh. okay with the pig coming in. Well, um, <laughs> they, it's part of the story, John. You gotta bring if you gotta bring them, you gotta bring everybody back. <laughs> let's see then there's also too what I'm thinking is this we already know that there's going to be a team up movie where maybe Spider-Man might actually be teaming up with somebody and then after that he's going to probably go over to Sony mm-hmm. so what I'm thinking is this this is actually a perfect way for him to go into the Sony-verse that's what I'm calling it the Sony-verse mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that's how Tom Holland is going to get introduced into the Sony-verse, where we actually have uh, Venom, where we have, uh, we also have, of course, the the vampire Morbius being introduced. And I think that's how we're actually going to get Tom Holland into the Sony-verse. Okay. So that's just a little speculation. Okay, well, most of your speculations become true, so <laughs> let's see how it goes. I can yeah, see you saying, see. I said it first, I got it recorded, <laughs> see, they call it Sonyverse. <laughs> well, they are calling it their own universe, but I forgot what it's called, but I'm just calling it the Sonyverse. Yeah. 
the Sony Spider-Man Cinematic Universe or something like that. Excellent. You know what I want? <laughs> I want them to revamp, like re-re-revamp the X-Men movie. I think they will eventually. I think Doctor Strange is a perfect way to actually have them do that. So, you know, I think after WandaVision, we might actually see that, see the effects of it. Yeah. Because I, I don't forget it. Yeah. It don't forget. Yeah. It's okay. Going ahead. No, I was I was just gonna say I just I want Storm story told. Like mm. that her story is told with the X Men and then it becomes a spin off movie and it's Storm. Like that's my ultimate dream. Okay. Okay, thank you. That would be awesome. <laughs> to be honest yeah, with you, I would actually pay to see that. I would too. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. You're welcome. Thank you. I but I think I I know I said this before, but I think that with Doctor Strange in the most uh in the madness, uh, you know, the universal madness or whatever it's called for the second film, I think it's actually a perfect way to actually have the cause and effect of the things that happened with WandaVision of opening up the portals for the X Men. Um, yes, excellent. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, we should write this film. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they'll take one look at it and laugh at us. Um, but anyways, I think that's everything that I wanted to talk about for as far as this movie news goes, as far as the film goes. Is there anything else that you want to add to it? No, no, I'm good. All I right. I want to see it so, anymore. <laughs> After this, I'm putting it back on the DVD rack. Oh, well, but anyways. Well, be sure to check the special features and let me know I will. if, yeah, the things about the ghosts are in there. Okay, I sure will. Cool. Alright. So, another thing, guys, we're actually going to probably, be, uh, Tamika might be on the show next weekend, hopefully, cross his Aren't fingers. you guys lucky? Yep. <laughs> because my friend Radimus, the guy that, the uh, independent comic book artist that I actually interviewed wants to have his wife on the show so and do a Hocus Pocus review. So it's going to be me, Radimus' wife, and Tamika doing a review on Hocus Pocus. It's going to be more about panel kind of discussion type thing on Pocus Pocus and everything. So we're going to talk some about some nostalgia. We're going to talk about how this film aged. Did it age well? Did it not age well? We're going to talk about everything Hocus Pocus coming up next weekend. I'm shooting for Sunday and everything, but we're just going to have to wait and see Mm -hmm. how everything's played out. Yeah, it's all just a bunch of Hocus Pocus anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a bunch of Hocus Pocus, a bunch of Hokey that don't matter. But... So, anyways, guys, if you want to actually donate to the show, we actually do have a place that you can actually donate. That is called buymeacoffee.com slash movie lovers. And you guys can go on ahead and donate towards the show. You can buy me a cup of cup of coffees. And that just helps to keep the lights on at Movie Lovers Unite. If you guys and matter of fact, I want to do digital giveaways for movies and stuff. So I can't do that unless I actually have the help from you guys. But I understand if you guys can't or anything like that. I totally understand that. I get that, especially with this coronavirus mess. Some of you might not be able to. That's perfectly fine. Go on ahead. Enjoy this uh, podcast. Share this with everybody. Smash that share button. Go on ahead. Go to Apple iTunes and put in a review. 
for this because this actually helps us with the rankings and also to helps us being able to do what we love doing. And then we also have a website called movieloversunite.com. And also, too, we also have a Pinterest, Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite. We also have an Instagram called Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite. We also have a Facebook page called Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite. And, of course, you guys can find me on Twitter at John DiGregorio8. And, of course, Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. And that's all the platforms that I actually have as far as social media goes. You guys can actually find this podcast on Amazon Music. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher. You can also find this uh, podcast also on Spotify as well, and also Apple iTunes, as I mentioned before. As always, until next time, guys, it's been a pleasure. This is John DiGiorgio and Tamika.